Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and we are knee-deep into our Christmas series, our Advent worship series, and it is awesome to be a part of what God is continuing to do in and through us. Uh, we've been talking about unwrapping Christmas, uh, the, the hope and excitement that comes with Christmas. The whole idea behind this series is to, to dive in like a kid opening Christmas presents, just tear in to the story of Christmas so that we can unwrap the story, so that it can, it can unwrap our hearts, so that we can encounter the, the gift of Christmas, Jesus himself, so that we can live fully for Jesus, so that we can be bold in our faith, so that we can be the people that God has called us to be. If you're new here, I just want to say welcome to you. Thank you so much for taking some of your time today to be a part of what God is doing, whether you're online or in person. Uh, thanks for being here. We're excited to have you join us to be a part of this celebration of what Jesus is doing. I just want you to know that if you are new here, you are welcome here, and that you will find in us a group of folks that know we're not perfect, but we want to be more like Jesus, who is perfect, and so we're on a journey, and we want to invite you on that journey so that together we can grow in relationship to God, grow in relationship with one another, and make a difference in the world around us. Uh, the hope of Christmas is all about the anticipation of the gift of Jesus. And that's how we started talking about this series. We started by saying it was the anticipation of Zechariah and Elizabeth uh, that they would have a child, that their child uh, was a gift from God, and that, that he would be the forerunner to Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, the second week, we talked about the expectation that we all should have about Jesus, but specifically Mary's expectations of her life being laid aside so that she could faithfully follow God and that we can uh, take some, some strength from her faith so that we can do the same things in our life. And, and today, we're talking about a situation that we've all had, a situation where uh, we've all experienced, uh, no matter where we are in our walk of life, and, and that situation is confusion. We've all experienced confusion at one time or another. I, I remember I, I took a trip to Ghana uh, we were we were doing the Lord's work in Ghana. We were we were building borehole wells, and we were on this bus. And I say bus; it was really just a big van uh, that that we could all ride on. And 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 in Ghana, like the roads are not in the greatest shape where we were in northern Ghana. They were they were pretty rough actually. And so we're driving on the roads, and there would be these huge swipe like you'd have to drive around these like six to eight foot potholes and and then the driver would just turn off into the field and, and it didn't seem like there would be any road and, and then we would suddenly show up at at the borehole well that we had built and we could do a dedication and praise God for all that he had done. Uh, one time we were out in the middle of a field and we had, just, uh, we had just done a dedication and we got back into the, the bus, the van, and we, we tried to turn around because it had to turn around and the road, was, road is, a, is a very uh, unhelpful word here. It was really just a raised patch of ground. Well, when the van tried to turn around, uh, part of the wheels were on the low side on the back and part of the wheels got on the low side in the front 
and we had no traction in our rear wheel van. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is, this is not good. Uh, how are we going to get out of this? Um, and, and we get out and we're looking at the van and we've got like 13 people that were with us and, and we are convinced that we're all going to die here in the middle of a field in Ghana. Not, nobody's going to know where we are or even where to look for us. It's going to be awful. Um, and so, you know, in, in confusing times, confusion takes over. And we were like, well, we've got an idea. Uh, and me and this other really big guy said, hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to stand on the back of the van on the outside and we're going to hold and we're going to bounce up and down trying to get the van to, to get some traction so that it can go up onto the, the hump of the road and then back up and get the front wheels on. And, and so we're out there and we're bouncing and the van starts to lean my way. And I was like, yep, this is how I die. Um, I'm confused and, and in the middle of nowhere and not filled with any sense of hope at all. Fortunately, I'm here. So it worked. Uh, the van did not tip over. We were able to make it back onto the road. But I'm telling you, in that moment, I, I was fearful. I was confused. I was concerned. I didn't know what I should do or if what I was doing was actually going to be helpful. And my guess is we've all experienced something like that. We've been confused by a decision that we made. Uh, we've been confused by a situation that we are in. We've been confused by other people's responses to things that we expected them to respond differently to. We've been confused by other people's statements. We've been confused by a lot of things, and, and, and we've all experienced that kind of confusion. What's even worse is sometimes when God is in the mix, it can be even more confusing. If God calls you and, and you feel God pressing on you and pushing you and, and pursuing you to get you to do something, and it's the most difficult thing you have ever done. You're like, where are you, God, in the middle of all of this stuff that you have called me to do? Why is it so hard? Why aren't you with me? I, I was uh, responsible for planting a church that's church language for starting a new community of faith, and it was actually a, a campus for a different church. And, and we were about two weeks out from when the church was going to start having church services. And, and, and it had been a, a rough go the whole time until that two weeks, though, things were progressing in, in, a, in a way that made sense. Two weeks before we launched that campus, we found out that we weren't going to be able to use the building because it didn't meet fire code. Even though we'd had an inspection, it wasn't the right kind of inspection that would say that, hey, we could do this. And, and so we had no building. And we're sitting there confused and wondering, God, what are you doing? Because what was worse for me was I knew, I knew that this did not surprise God, that God wasn't sitting there going, oh, wow. I never expected the building to get lost. And so I was like, God, why didn't you give us a little heads up? Why didn't you help us with this? What, what is going on? Why are you leaving us confused? And my question is, why does it seem like the most faith-based responses? Why does it seem like the most faith-based responses can be the most confusing? 
<laughs> we're we're going to be talking all about confusion today, all about the, the prospect of confusion. And we're going to be taking a look at one of the most confused people in all of Scripture. Uh, it's a guy named Joseph. And he's confused by his situation. He's confused by his heart. He's confused by the response that others have. And he's confused by what God is doing and it's one of the easiest stories, I think, in all of Scripture to empathize with because it is a story that we have all experienced some aspect of, that level of confusion uh, in God's plan or in our lives or in our ministry or in anything we're doing, we have felt confusion. And so last week we talked about Mary and Joseph, that they were betrothed to be married, that they were truly married uh, in every sense of the word, except for the fact that they had not consummated their marriage. And this is how Matthew's gospel unpacks this. In the first chapter of Matthew's gospel, verses 18 and 19, it starts this way. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, before they consummated their marriage, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Uh, he had in mind to divorce her quietly because, because they were technically married. And in this statement, we can learn a lot about Joseph. Uh, we can see that Joseph is honorable because he keeps his promises and he knows that this is not his child. He's faithful, faithful to the law. And when I say faithful to the law, that doesn't mean he goes the speed limit on the roads. I mean, he is faithful to God's law and maintaining the law that God has called him to. He's compassionate because even though Mary is now carrying a child that is not his, he doesn't want to divorce her publicly and, and add ridicule and shame and possibly even death onto her. And he's loving because even though Mary has betrayed him in his mind, he's still not after vengeance for what she has done against him. Instead, he seeks to divorce quietly. Um, he felt betrayed, hurt, lied to, confused. And it's easy to understand his confusion. Can you imagine the situation? Uh, the, the, the woman that you are engaged to be married to is suddenly found to be with child, and you know it's not yours. And she comes and claims that it is the Holy Spirit that has given her this child. I, I can't even begin to imagine the level of confusion that Joseph had. My confusion over things that I've experienced aren't anywhere near the level of confusion that Joseph is experiencing and he continues, Matthew continues this way, but after he, Joseph, had considered this, 
an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from his, their sins. Uh, he has a vision, and uh, my guess is the angel Gabriel is back at it, hard working, and he says, do not be afraid. What is conceived in her, the child that she is going to have, is truly from the Holy Spirit. It's okay. You can marry Mary. Uh, and yes, I took a lot of time thinking about saying that or not saying that. You can marry Mary. You don't have to be afraid. It's going to be okay. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, They're quoting the prophet Isaiah, uh, but this is a side note from the author because I'm sure Joseph wasn't sitting there pondering this at this moment. That Joseph was instead wondering how all of this was going to play out. Confused by the situation and by the possibility of what this meant. But when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. (laughs) Can, Can you imagine Can you imagine, why me? Why us? How how can this be? How can I be the father to this child? Is this real? Am I a fool? What is going on? In the middle of his confusion, he, Joseph, submitted himself to God's plan and to Mary. The power of Joseph, the beauty of Joseph is that no matter what, he submitted himself to God's plan and to Mary. He trusted even God, he trusted God even in his own confusion. And I I love the image of confusion, uh, of confused but faithful, that Joseph was confused but faithful. And I I think that's a lesson that we can all carry. I I don't know how it's going to work out. I'll be confused, but faithful. I I don't know how I can be called to do something and it falls apart. I'll be confused, but faithful. I don't understand how I can be so in over my head and I don't know what else to do. I'll be confused, but faithful. Because confusion teaches us a few things. Confusion teaches us, number one, that you are not in control, (laughs) that it's not you that calls the shots, that it's not you that is the one that dictates how everything is going to play out. And second, you have enough faith to expect God's action. When you're confused but faithful, you have enough faith to expect God to act in a way that is going to bring about wholeness, healing, and glory to the kingdom of God. Confused but faithful teaches us 
that though you have no idea what to do next, God is there. You have to trust, even though you don't know what you're going to do next. (laughs) Unwrapping Joseph's story helps us to see our story better. It helps us to understand that God has a bigger picture, that we don't have to know the whole picture in order to faithfully follow God. I don't have to know how or why or if. I just need to be faithful. I need to faithfully submit my life and myself to God. And God will bring glory through my life. Confusion is rough. But sometimes, sometimes when we unwrap the Christmas story, we can see ourselves standing on the pages right along with those in the story and know that God is with us, that the gift of Emmanuel, that God with us, walks with us and lives life with us and uses us even in the middle of our confusion. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of Jesus, that you love us even in the midst of our confusion, and that you call us to a deep and abiding faith. Help us to be more like Jesus in each and every moment. Help us to live in that state of confused but faithful. Help us to be uh, faithful to you in all things so that we can bring glory to your name the same way that the Christmas story brings glory to you. We thank you for everything you do in and through us. And we pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.